Cheers to episode 55. Cheers. Cheers. Blue Moon. I'm drinking Bush Light. Uh, just, just water. Boo. Soft. That's gonna uh, feel bad. Soft. Feel bad here in a second because tonight is a celebratory night for us. Welcome in to the number one sports podcast in Michigan. First and foremost, it is Monday, January seventeenth, seven o five p.m. Time I'm recording. And boys, we did it. It's the one year anniversary of this show. Yeah, baby. Clap We're it so up. close to the moon. So close to the moon. We're halfway there. Some would say we still really don't know what we're doing. We've definitely made improvements along the course of the way, but we're just... We talk better on the podcast now. Don't listen to our first episode. Cringe You should, actually. <laughs> you should. You should go back and listen to that. <sighs> we, uh, we're like that cockroach. Cockroaches that don't die no matter what. We're just, we're just flowing along, hanging along. I'm sure the numbers of like shows that quit after a month are pretty high, but we survived it a whole year now. So did we? Good- so we did three extra shows. Yes, because of the 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 the, the, the drafts. drafts, snake drafts, and wow, whatnot. Look at us! Look at that consistency. That's so. That's like one. We're yeah. So we're a weekly show, but we pumped out more than one per week for a year. That's pretty pretty good stuff. Um. To preview the show, we'll have our weekly recaps, our check-ins of our lives, as always, to start the show. Then we will get into the NFL playoffs of what we watched this weekend and new thoughts going forward. Uh, We have a little college basketball talk now that uh, college football is done in the teams of MSU and Michigan. And then we will have a Pistons and Red Wings, the long-awaited mid-season check-in because uh, they've really hit the back burner in the past couple of months due to NFL football and our college football teams being historically good. So, and then we'll end with some listener questions uh, to exit out the show. We got a couple couple good responses from the, the anonymous Google, Google form. It seems to be allowing people to open up more. Stay tuned for that. Um, so our weekly recap, who would like to start off this week? I would like to hear from Evan. How was your week? Um, Why did you ask us who you want to start and then tell Evan to go first? Because he's in charge. He's in charge, Alex, you know. Mid-sentence, I decided that I need to tell someone to go. Okay. And we don't sit here awkward like, yeah, you want to go? Oh, you know, you want to go? You want me to go? Okay, so um, let's see. This week, uh, classes started back up. Nice. Um, online, nothing really special. Uh, Education is special. It is. Um. You know, and then this weekend it was just an all-you-can NFL playoff buffet. Oof, that could have gone a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> um, drank a lot, I would say. Yeah, it was a quality weekend. Nothing too special here. You caught a basketball game or two, right? Were there oh, two yeah, this week? Yeah, Wednesday. Uh, you know, if buzzer you pan the, yeah, the buzzer beat. If you pan the crowd, I'm like people cheering and whatnot i'm kind of just standing there <laughs> you know i had a bet out and i had michigan state alternate spread obviously it didn't hit and i was the only one that didn't hit so i lost my bet because of that so i kind of was like cool we won um saturday yeah that was kind of like a rough way to start your saturday uh 
as we'll talk about it later. You missed out on a juicy parlay because of the Minnesota game? Yes, I did. Mm. You hate to see that. three for four on it. Three for four what was the parlay. alternate? Uh, let's see, what was the spread of the game? Seven, eight. No, it was like ten and a half. Yeah, I got it down to like, I think I pushed it down to like seven and a half or eight and a half. It felt like a lock. It did. Um, Alex, your week. Uh, well, Al, our newest member of the metaverse. <laughs> yeah, Alex Gillen. <laughs> I guess that could be. <laughs> Evan. <laughs> oh. <sighs> yeah, I did. I did get uh, an Oculus too. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. You know, all my friends uh, convinced me to buy one, and I did. Can you uh, can you go put it on real quick for us, just just so people can see what it looks like? There's some yeah. people may may yeah. never have seen. Might be this be guy. careful. Be careful with the AirPods. I'm not gonna oh, put he, it all. He's just on, okay. But. Okay. So yeah, I got one of those. Just used you know last year's Christmas money, some of this year's Christmas money. Um, got one of those. Used that a bit. I also uh, watched a lot of NFL football. I. Hit the bars with some friends, had some drinks, and you know, yeah, nothing, nothing crazy. Just you know, I guess the big news. Uh, I got an Oculus. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I tested out some of this Oculusness, and there was a funny moment that I can just describe briefly. There's like this game that you can play in the metaverse where. It's like a it's like a gun game. It's a first person shooter game, but it's kind of like I'll just describe it. Where like it, there's a big emphasis on time in this game and situational awareness. Like they drop you into situations where there's bad guys. They're like these red figures, and they have a variety of weapons, and you have a variety of weapons, and you move on to different levels. So, but the catch is like the slower you move, the slower they move. The faster you move, the faster they move. So it's all about thinking about what you need to do in advance and moving fast or moving slow depending on bullets flying at you and if they're approaching you with a knife or a hammer or whatever so there's one point in this game where you pass a level and then you're on like this balcony in the metaverse and there's three guys below and you have like guns on the balcony that you can pick up you pick up the weapons and you fire them and (laughs) a testament to the engineers and the nerds behind the software it is so lifelike when you're in that that i was playing this in a wide open living room and i thought like i was on my knees like crouching behind a back balcony and i thought the ledge felt so real i went to like rest my arms on it with the gun and i just fell forward because in real life there's no ledge there so i put all my body weight forward like i was gonna rest on a ledge and just got kind of fell and lost my balance forward and then sat back up i was like all right there's no ledge there that that's that's fake so if you guys are ever doubters of this technology just know it's very lifelike it it feels pretty real it, it does I also had the same thing happen to me. I just, no one saw it. I saw Grant fall forward. It was pretty funny. <laughs> um, What else? So for mine, the gym you saga. big news. You have big news that Evan's going to be really interested in. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to mix it between two different segments. But first, gym update. Uh-huh. Still on the trial plan at the new location. And uh, it was kind of funny. Evan, you'll appreciate this. I told Alex this earlier. But I went in. Ooh, like midday, like 2 p.m. on one of the weekdays. And 
just a bunch of just high school bros at the gym. Like, I don't know what their schooling schedule is like, but at 2 p.m. on a weekday, there's middle school to high school age dudes in the gym. And it was just such a throwback to us in Tecumseh and how we probably talked and looked and acted in a gym and just trying to throw up way more weight than we could. One guy, one kid got the bar pinned on his chest to an incline bench and someone had to come <laughs> over and lift it off of him because he, he couldn't go anywhere. Like, just saying inappropriate things way too loud in a gym, like just busting balls with each other and like me and another random dude are there and you just, I don't know. It just brought back and then they all, the classic thing where they all, like a, a six of them came in and they all just huddled around, around one piece of equipment and just seen who could do the most weight. Like they all, like, all right, let's see what your bench max is and all six of them were standing there like, oh, you can only do four, like wuss, but you know, insert foul language instead of wuss. <laughs> it's just like, yep this is high school this is this is what it was like and then this weekend i caught my second ever first ever in lca red wings game they played the buffalo sabers a four nothing win i'll get into some of the players actually in the later segment because of actually having watched it was like one of the first times i've few times i've seen the team this year but as far as lca and just the atmosphere you i kind of forget how passionate the red wings fan base is no matter how good or bad they are like how full the arena it wasn't sold out but how full the arena is compared to pistons games is absurd and then there was an interesting moment in the stands where there was a buffalo bills fan there in a jordan poyer jersey number 21 kind of a weird deep cut jersey for it to be a bills fan but obviously because the sabers are in town there's some cross section there he's streaming the game on his phone the whole hockey game he's like he'll just scream 14 nothing bills like just in our section (laughs) and i think i don't know it just didn't happen until the third period but i think the what the rumor in the section was because you know how rumors can like they just trickle down through the section you get oh i guess so that person's saying this happened well someone that was five rows above him like threw a beer like a uh you know when we were there like the little draft the draft plastic cups threw one it missed this dude, which is crazy because this dude's a pretty like jacked, built Buffalo fan with a backwards hat and tattoos. Like I would not even, I wouldn't even have sneezed in this guy's direction. Um, they throw a beer, it misses him, it lands like three rows in front and hits like this woman in 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 the back of the head, and she gets beer all over her hair, and she's with her husband, I'm guessing. And it, I was just thinking in that moment how terrible a position like her husband's in because he has to get up and try to find this dude and potentially fight him. And he's just like, who did that? And everyone's trying to like figure out who it was. And it was just chaos in there for a second. And as that is happening, there's also a fight breaking out between the Red Wings and the Sabres, like a little scrum behind the goalie net. And I'm like, I like looked at who I was with there and I was just like, yeah, hockey is just a wild sport. Like the, the crowd is on edge. The the players on the ice are on edge. It's kind of like a, I imagine what like a UFC fight arena is like where people are just testosterone up and like ready to throw hands, chuck knucks whenever possible. So that was interesting. And then my only two other observations, just a PSA. If you go to a Red Wings game on a weekend, I would say, and let's say this game started at seven. And if you get down around LCA around 515, that's not early enough. If you're trying to get food and drinks before the game stopped at four different spots within a 10 minute walk of the arena, they're all an hour plus wait. So then eventually it got to the point where just go inside LCA at like 545 and just try to get like some food and like stand or sit before the game but if you like so if you're going out with friends you probably need to be down there like 4 to four thirty. i'm guessing maybe even earlier it's, it's insane the amount of people in that area and then lastly 
in terms of being a fan of hockey, the feeling you get when you stand up for a goal before the red light even goes off is one of like a top five sports fan feeling of just feeling having a sense of the moment that a juicy rebound's coming and that that rebound's going to be stuffed in the net and you're already up and then the light goes on and the goal horn sounds and you see everyone else stand up but you were already standing because you felt it happen happened to me on the second goal that red wing scored and it felt so sweet like i feel like i belong here in this arena because i could tell what was about to happen but then the rest of the stuff you know it was it was fun to watch because i don't know a ton about hockey like the with the skill set and all that so like just the littlest things hockey players did i thought were fascinating and like impressed me when to most people that watch hockey they're probably like, oh yeah that's just an, that happens like 20 times a game but i'm like ooh, did you see how he flipped that puck in the air and like just turned on the burners and went and got it along the boards before the defenseman did that was pretty sweet so it was fun i'll talk more about the players later and i determined that because evan's birthday is coming up we pivoted plans for the east lansing area for it but the the guy group has to has to catch a Red Wings hockey game at LCA before the season ends because it is an electric factory. I think they will have like at least half the season to go, so probably around twenty or so home games. So plenty of opportunities. We'll have to find one later in the year to go because it's awesome. Anything else that came to your guys' mind for the weekly recap? I talked forever there. Holy cow! You did talk for a bit, but uh, you had the most interesting weekend. It sounded like so. I yeah. didn't see I saw the least amount of football, so sweet transition here for the NFL playoff recap. I would like to get this question out of the way because obviously if you think back to the timing of this, the Monday night game has not been played yet. I know where Evan leans, but uh curious for you, Alex, are you guys are you rooting for Stafford and the Rams to win tonight? Yes. Uh I don't really I don't really care. I'm not rooting for the Rams. I'm not rooting for the Cardinals. I'm just rooting for a good game. That's how I feel, honestly. And I think it's pretty split on Lions Twitter. I saw people conducting polls. Like the SB Nation Lions account, I think, was running a poll. Are you rooting? Are you indifferent? Are you rooting against? And I think it was like 51% are rooting for the Rams and Stafford to win. And I think it just hasn't... Maybe it speaks to like just my lack of emotion when a guy moves on from our team and I just kind of all business move on to the next guy. But I think most fans are in evans camp where they're like they this is a big game tonight for like stafford to exercise those playoff demons so evan what is it what is your mental state going into your quarterback's game tonight <laughs> you know it's it is a must-win game obviously clearly he's in the playoffs but like for his like uh hall of fame or his legacy um if it, a chance for him to finally win like a home playoff game his first ever home playoff game uh mm-hmm. his first game as a favorite in the playoffs uh, but to see they're two one and one on the year against them so i feel like it's his job and obviously he had like an interview with the monday night crew it's probably going on right now with a countdown of how he knows like it's a team game but like the quarterback takes him as far as you can mm-hmm. um so he feels the pressure i would say and he knows what's at stake for himself and obviously for the rams because he got brought into the rams clearly to make it to the Super Bowl and to advance past Green Bay and Tampa Bay. I mean, I'm nervous for him. You know, I was bored sitting here today, and uh, I may have put multiple bets on uh, the Rams and Stafford, you know. Uh, it is. It happens. It is what it is. <laughs> um, so I'm, I have a very high cheering interest for the Rams tonight. I feel good about that for you. I mean, I think I was telling Alex, I think the Rams win this game 
by 10 tonight. I don't, I know the Cardinals are a division opponent. They split, like you said, but just the Cardinals down the back half of the season didn't seem to be doing that well to me. And I know the Rams lost to the Niners in the last week, but they were up a lot and they had less to play for that game than the Niners did. So I just think Stafford does avenge. So yeah, this is his first chance ever to win a home playoff game because we never played in any home ones. So I think that factors in. I think the stadium will be rocking as loud as it can in an LA stadium. So what do you guys? Majority Arizona fans. Yeah. Because do, we, do Arizona fans travel year, though? I don't know if they travel, but I feel like LA fans like are willing to give up their tickets. Because you mm. saw it in the old Week 18 matchup with San Francisco, I would say that stadium was probably 50-50, if not in favor of San Francisco. Yeah, I wonder if the Monday night might actually help their favor because Monday night you're probably not doing that much in the town of LA. Like, might as well catch a football game. Alex, how do you see this game tonight? I think it's going to be closer than you guys are thinking here. But well, now well, that I never Evan, said how close it was. I just have cheering interest for the Rams. Now that Evan has a bunch of bets and I root for my friends, I now will be rooting hard for the Rams solely for Evan. But in terms of the actual game, I think, um, yeah, the Cardinals have struggled lately. I don't think the Rams have been playing their best either. And divisional games are a toss-up no matter who it is. So I think it's going to be close. All right. Hopefully it's a good game because my next point was outside of, you know, maybe one game this weekend, two, two, two games. One, the first, one and a half. The first, yeah, one and a half. Two decent. Two. It was a pretty boring weekend of games overall. Oh, God. Um, Evan, yeah. hit us with it. You, that, was a, that was a visceral reaction <laughs> to that. I mean, you, you had five games this week and two of them were close. Obviously, the other, th- the other three were absolutely just blowouts. And you kind of were expecting like two of them had potential to be blowouts, but you expected like the product on the field to be even better than what the uh, the scores were. Do you really need seven teams in the postseason? You know, some are saying that. You know, well then because the, then the seven seeds got blown out. Yeah, because then everybody's Both complaining about you know like oh this is what's going to happen to be a college football if you expand the playoff. Um, I think it's a little bit different. Yeah, I, I do too. Uh, but in fairness, every single seven seed that's played the last two years um, have lost by double digits. Besides, I think like one team didn't. They lost by nine, maybe something like that. Um, so, but granted, What's one of them's Tom Brady. Uh, you, I'm pretty sure everyone should have expected that was going to happen. Uh, the Eagles. Yeah, there was Mahomes. So you know, Mahomes. Yeah, he was facing the Steelers and Big Ben, but that offense is putrid, um, especially when they can't run the ball. It's just it, in ter- yeah, the game sucked. It was just unfortunate that all the games weren't close. It's like something you build up, and you're like, okay, playoff all weekend, and then it's like a buzzkill. It's like the fourth quarter Pat's of the Bills was surprising. The fourth quarter of the Eagles Buccaneers game, it was like, all right, hurry up and wrap this up, like get it over with already, like just move on to the next game. Uh, I think, and I'm I'm stealing this from a couple shows I heard today. I think it was part of my take, and maybe even. Maybe Bill Simmons said something about it. Or I heard it said somewhere else. But if you just think about the, they're debating the whole like seven teams in the playoff. Is this a result of that? It could. They were making the argument. People were saying, well, if you just chopped off week eighteen, if you think about the seven seeds we almost had. I think it just was bad luck on what seven seeds actually made it because it also worked out in a way like if Kansas City didn't um, mess up the Cincinnati game, if they were the one seed. Uh, and like, let's say Tennessee was the two seed. Tennessee versus the Chargers would have been a pretty good game. 
in my opinion. Like that would have been a good matchup. And then as as bad as the Saints have been at times, they always play the Bucks tough. So if you had Saints Bucks with Sean Payton, like that would have been a much better matchup to me than the Eagles. So it just comes it's one of these days a seven seed will win. And then we'll probably rethink like how this all works. But yeah, it was definitely for those that think the playoffs should be sh- smaller sample size. This was a win for you because those were atrocious games. Were there any other major takeaways you guys had, um, which can also include into like who who stood out to you as like the real contenders from this weekend? The Bills look uh, a little pissed off. I- I'm pretty nervous about that as a Chiefs fan. Like very nervous. The hype videos they had coming out of Buffalo, like Josh Allen posted one that had like a, the Godfather theme from it. Goosebumps. Scary. Like I was like, wow, I think Buffalo is out for vengeance this year. Ah, scary, scary stuff. I also think the Niners looked pretty awesome. Also, when they entered into the uh, into the onto the field, they looked terrifying. Debo's crazy with the boombox. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude, sweet. That was the first thing I noticed when they were walking. I was like, dude, look at that dude with the boombox. <laughs> Yeah, it was hilarious. Yeah, be wearing. Debo is a freak, <laughs> also, and we he's we think so that good. we think that he he has a guy to carry his helmet out onto the field because I was asking Alex. Did he have just, one? When with guys that run out with no helmet in their hands at all or on their head, like do they just have a guy, you know, or they leave it on the yeah. bench and say, "Hey, no just, one touch this." Yeah, they just leave it on the bench. And You're that good. Up. You probably have a guy that follows you around with all the stuff you need. Yeah, it looks sweet though when you run out without a helmet on. It just looks like I don't know. It looks like that guy. That guy means business. Uh, my contender list is only four teams. I think Packers, Chiefs, Bills, and Bucks are the only four teams. As I sit here now, I can realistically see winning the Super Bowl. Any I additions? Put same, or su- I put the same four, and then I put in parentheses the 49ers as a potential upset to get to the Super Bowl pick. Mm, a deep sleepy. I would say the same four. I think Buffalo and Kansas City is well beyond everybody uh, in the mm. AFC. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, like the right formula would have to happen for Cincinnati or Tennessee to upset one of them. Um, but and then like the NFC, I feel like the NFC is a lot closer. Um, obviously, Green Bay in the regular season was a step above everybody, but playoffs. Um, I think the quarterbacks could make a difference in the NFC. I would just say like the Rams potential, but the Rams could also lose tonight. Then it would just be like okay, four teams. Honestly, uh, I kind of forgot about the teams that are playing tonight when I... Yeah, they kick off in about 40 minutes. You know, we just talked about them for a solid seconds. So, you know, happens, I guess. Well, I did my notes before we talked about them. I guess if, I, if the Rams blow out the Cardinals, they can maybe move into my contender list. But right now, no. For now, I still feel fine with them being not in my list. And we kind of neglected the one seed AFC Titans, but... Evan, you're I, a Titans guy, and you said it's I not am. close. I didn't so. neglect them. It just, it just, I, I left them off intentionally. Same. I just was surprised Evan didn't put him well, up there. I almost did just for you. If Derrick Henry comes back and is like completely healthy and plays really well against Cincinnati, then I think it changes a little bit. Um, but with Julio's not completely healthy, then like their offense is still only two dudes. And if you're going into like an AFC championship game, who would you rather trust? Either Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or Ryan Tannehill. Like, Ryan Tannehill's solid, but I don't know if he can take you to the next step. I don't know if he's going to, like, make a play that's going to alter the game where that's, like, Derrick Henry. He's not that yeah. guy, pal. Where Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, like, every single time they say hike, uh, they have the potential <laughs> to change the game. Bless you, man. Thanks. That, that Josh Allen touchdown where he's rolling and, like, almost out of bounds and just lost it to the back of the end zone was insane. He admitted that he was throwing the ball away. 
Oh, wow. He should not have done that. Yeah. <laughs> Bad move, Josh. That game was a beatdown. It was very uh, bad. I mean, they scored every single possession besides the one they took in the at the end of the game. Uh, just an offensive display. It Clearly, it's like the teams that, I don't know if you want to say they didn't come prepared. Just one team prepared, I think, better against the best coach of all time. So, good for Is, Buffalo because yeah, I think they I mean, needed that whole playoff win. Yeah. I selfishly, I think it'd be cool if they won and Cincinnati won and Buffalo hosted an AFC championship game like at night. That would just be a rowdy environment in Buffalo. Yeah. But I do have a question. Is there a more overrated national, like big money making team than the no. Dallas Cowboys? No. Because at least with like you think about the big teams like the Yankees. The Lakers, no, the they Yankees at least have. Overrated too. They at least They've have had won, some success though. in my lifetime. The Cowboys are a joke, and I know <laughs> that they had more success. And this is coming from Lions fans, so they could tell us to shove it because they had titles in the '90s. But if we're talking like post '90s, they're not much better than us. They're really not. They're they're a joke of a franchise. Did you see that graphic that SportsCenter ESPN tweeted out? How they have three playoff wins and Colin Kaepernick has four. Colin Kaepernick like has four. Their last Super Trent Bowl. Dilfer has five. So Jay Jim Jalone Harbaugh has four. five. Nice. Uh, there's just a bunch of these average quarterbacks at best. Um, just they have, have playoff more wins playoff wins, yeah. I mean, Dak's one of three in the playoffs. But, like, yeah, seeing them complain about the refs when we had to go through that against them just made, irked me even more. Like, you ran a QB draw with 14 seconds left. What are you doing? It's That's just... Not, I mean, it all comes down to Jerry Jones and like the coaching staff, which just undisciplined, unprepared. Uh, when you get down 10, 13, nothing, 10, nothing at least at home in a playoff game against like an arch rival, like a historic rivalry, it just shows like they're not in. And then you commit 14 accepted penalties, which is a franchise playoff record. And it's just embarrassing. And it's kind of funny because. The Cowboys every single year get hyped up and overlooked and like, oh, the Cowboys are a favorite in the NFC. It's like, no, not until they do it. They shouldn't be favored by anybody. Another wild stat, too, to build on that point is that I believe since the opening of Jerry World that Alabama has as many playoff wins as Dallas does in the stadium. And I hate myself because I did bet Dallas. Um, oh, heaven. I know. I know. I was pounding the the couch the entire time because um, the bar still had that special you know parlay all of them you go five and one or four and one currently yes that's my only loss uh feels bad yeah. the trendy mike, upset pick actually happened mike yeah. mccarthy is so bad that sequence like credit to him for calling or green lighting the fake punt play but then like due to that sequence where they left the punt team out so like san fran couldn't substitute and then they try to get the whole offense on the field with 11 seconds to go and then took a delay game. It's like, mm-hmm. you're overthinking the moment, man. Like, just just put your offense out after your great fourth and five play See, call. He has won a Super Bowl, though. He Yes. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers won. But, yeah. See, if I was Dallas, I would be, like, paying out the wazoo for the enemy to become the head coach. 
I get it, Kellen Moore's there, but has their offense really been that special? No, I was saying that today. Like, Kellen, just Kellen Moore buzz. I watched their offense as a manager of like their whole fantasy football team. They do met, like, they got CD Lamb did not touch the ball to the fourth quarter in that football game. Like, imagine if the, the Niners did it with Debo Samuel. I'm not saying they're the same player, but CD Lamb is an electric factory. And, like, how do you just not manufacture touches for him? And, and like, I, I always thought the balancing of their run game was always, they overthought it so much and they would force feed Amari Cooper because he bitched in the media. It's like, that. Kellen Moore, like I, I don't want him calling pl- offensive plays for the Lions. I'm out on him. I'll say it right now. Yeah, mm. I, I think Zeke also wasn't too great either, and they're still trying to feed him, and he's well, not the same guy. There's rumors and articles out there that Zeke said that he played the entire season with a partially torn PCL. That um, would make sense. Which is greatly impact any running back, um, and why Tony Pollard got a lot of touches. Well, he's also good. Their talent on the roster is good. I guess Jerry Jones, as as old as he is, if he's making GM decisions, they do acquire good talent. Like their drafts haven't been terrible. They just don't do anything with it. And also a weird thing too, because they're such to be a good brand. Their stadium is so bad. Like all that sunshine that shines in the field in the middle of a game. Like whoever designed that does should not design another stadium because that just looks so terrible. And shut the curtains, Jerry. Come on, pr- probably hurts. And then their stupid scoreboard that gets hit with a punt like once a year. It's like, who designed this thing? Yeah, Jerry. Just just a mini rant on the Cowboys because how yeah, much you of a assume joke that, like they the are. sun and like playing in that stadium would only affect the away team, but it came back and bit Dallas in the yeah more than it did the 49ers. Yeah, it also helps and, the 49ers that they can actually run the ball in Dallas. Can't even know like how studly their offensive line is. They did have a lot of injuries on their line. I don't know if they all played yesterday or not, though. I think they have both their tackles. And then I I think... Disappointing franchise if you're a fan of them. The only other thing... Well, two things, but that led into... Like, if you guys... I was curious if you guys saw any funny social media clips. I mean, the one I was seeing with Dallas was all those fans running into the stadium and colliding for... Um, thank you, because Evan clarified it was standing room only, because I didn't understand why they were running in at first. But the playoffs usually brings about some good clips. Was there anything you guys saw that made you laugh or was interesting? Uh, Buffalo, the Bills team, responded to a Dave Portnoy tweet. Uh, Did they? Yeah, shot back at him. Like after the Bills won the division in the last week, uh, Dave like tweeted, I was like, oh, you can have your division. We'll, we'll bully you in the playoffs next week. We'll see you. This is where real man play or whatever. And then Buffalo just like tweeted back at him, just like a gift of Josh Allen. Uh, pretty funny. <laughs> I didn't really see anything funny. Joe Burrow was rocking some Cartier buffs, I believe. That was pretty tough at, in the postgame. Buffalo Tyree fans. Kill the, did a cool flip. Yeah, on a play that didn't count as a touchdown. That was an yeah. aggressive move. I mean, Travis Kelsey yes. got to throw a touchdown pass, so. And big man touchdown for the Chiefs, too. That guy was the greatest big moment of guy's life. Bills. Love um, big man touchdowns. Evan, you shared that one. That was a funny, uh, the when they did the measurement and was like that in the Dallas game when he was just all the memes about the that. jokes. Shot on everybody. Couple of bad ref crews, though. Uh, well, yeah, because they said it on the broadcast in the first game. It's just, it's just people that are voted. As like the I, best person in their position, then they all just get put together as a crew. There's not like their initial crew. I like so that they, the NFL said they're not doing any more games. <laughs> yeah, they just came I'm, out. They're like, this crew is not doing any more playoff games. They botched the touchdown to Tyler Boyd. Yeah, that, it, you're, you're, 
it was funny because it was like the first game too of the slate where things went bad so everyone was probably on edge about rest the rest of the way like and then the dallas yeah. game happens which i didn't yeah. think that the dallas crew did not mess up that last play uh but it was just everyone's already anti-refs leading into that yeah but this brings up a bigger point the last one here i have for the nfl of our team so the you know the big kind of storyline was the Bengals, like a 31 year drought of uh not having a playoff win i guess like the joke was the last time they won, people weren't allowed to text each other and like texting didn't exist to say, oh, the Bengals won finally. So it's like, oh, they're the last time the Bengals won a playoff game, like texting didn't even exist. Well, now since they snapped that, the Lions are the sole leaders in the clubhouse of having the longest playoff win drought. So I wanted to ask you guys when in do all you of see... sports, I think. Is it really? I think it's in all professional sports. 30, 32, 31. It's probably 30, 32 years or something like that. 31. That feels right. 91 season 92 maybe so when do you guys foresee this curse being broken and we get the cincinnati glory 2025 or winning a wild card game wow what seat are we yeah i would say three or four years with alex uh number we're the best uh wild card team we didn't win the division but we'll be like the best over five so and then we'll play the four yeah 2025 Um, i I had to you could like ramp that time period up to like a couple years solely based on what happens in our division within next offseason. So this upcoming Rogers. offseason and the next year. Uh, Green Bay could have a complete turnaround. Uh, Minnesota could have a complete turnaround. There's rumors that they might blow up their entire roster besides a couple guys. Uh, you never know if Kirk Cousins is going to come back. You don't know who they're going to hire. Uh, and then obviously the Bears also are getting a new coach. So I right. think there's a lot of Jim up Harbaugh. in the air in our division. I think the Packers still going to be decent without Rodgers. I'm sure they'll bring someone in. Correct, mm, but there's also they have a rumors, good defense. Yeah, there's also rumors that if Aaron Rodgers isn't there, Devontae's not going to play for Green Bay. Yeah, I did see, though, they are franchise tagging him. Well, he can also sit up for a full year. So, so in order for – I had to do – I had to write it down in a timeline because it always confuses me, and I hate the way sports work where it's like, this is the 2021 season, but the playoffs are 2022. So I just try to break it down regular season wise. So if this year's 2021, next year 2022, no. At year after that, 2023, no. I think 2024 would be my prediction slash like earliest it would happen because I think like you're not gonna do it with well, we could draft a QB this year so he could be in his third year technically, but I'm banking it off of we don't find the guy in this draft, we find the guy in 2023. He has to struggle his rookie year, and then his sophomore campaign, he wins a wild card game. I can get behind Bryce Young. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think nice. 2024 feels right for... 2024, can't wait. Be That's the same as street. mine, technically, because I was thinking, you know, in the calendar year of 2025. Oh, okay. All right, Alex. Well, so, we're on the us. same page here. Look at us syncing up. So, that what? How old are we, then? Are we 28, 29? Could be twenty seven. In what? So three more years? Yeah. How old are you, Grant? Twenty four. Are you thirty? I'll be borderline twenty eight, Alex. Yeah, twenty seven, twenty eight. I'll be twenty seven. You'll be twenty seven. Evan will be twenty eight. If Close. we get that, if we get that playoff win sub thirty, that feels like a win. Feels good. Yeah, that feels yeah. really nice. Mm-hmm. I'll still care at that point. Once I hit thirty, I'm gonna <laughs> shut down sports. <laughs> That's a lie. Yeah, it is. Huge lie. <laughs> gonna pick up some new hobbies on the weekends Ugh. um now let's dive into college basketball give it some attention here 
Um, and no, for those thinking that this is a biased podcast, I did not choose to put this in once Michigan State finally lost a conference mm. game. It just worked out that way oh, where the news news sure. cycle was slower. It's not like the team sure, I cheer for. Man. It's not like the team I cheer for is better. They're just sure. they're way worse. So um I would like to start though with Michigan State because they're the headliner of this category because they're better. So to set the stage, they are 22nd in Kempom rankings, 34 in offense, 25 in defense. Obviously, they just came off the loss to Northwestern uh, following a win earlier in the week against Minnesota on a buzzer beater. But it's more intriguing is like what's what's upcoming for them because you get two road tests, I believe, with Wisconsin and Illinois coming up. Uh, also, yeah. Illinois, Purdue, unbelievable Big Ten. Big Ten basketball game of the year so far happened at noon today. Glad uh, I was which, working. Which was interesting. Double overtime win for Purdue, which really helps Michigan State to open up the conference race because Illinois was undefeated. They were 6-0 in the conference. And it was a huge road win for Purdue. But let's see. How did I want to structure this? I wanted to get into your guys's so positives and negatives thus far for Michigan State. Gabe Brown, big positive. Mm-hmm. He, he made the jump. So that, made, I would say that's, a, that's a big positive. And he's not disappearing in, uh, in crunch time like he used to. I'll ask it a different way to Evan, too, because this is positives. But like with that, with the positives, what does this team, Michigan State, need to continue to do well and build off of going forward? Um, playing team basketball. Um, obviously, NCAA basketball is always driven on like a superstar. But I would say Michigan State doesn't have a superstar. Um, everybody's averaging no more than maybe 17, 15 points. They're kind of like, I wouldn't say a complete team, but just depth on the team but going forward it's got to be like a couple guys that can get a bucket or a basket when you ask them to um Aaron Henry isn't on the team Tillman Cassius Winston aren't on the team Miles Bridges isn't on the team you got to be able to manufacture offense when you can't find anything going uh I think well that's one of the biggest things you need so Evan you want like when you get to the eight minutes left in the game the announcer, let's say Brandon Gawden goes in and we look at this, there's five Spartans in double figures tonight. That's what you're looking for out of this team going forward. Yeah. and then Spread I the wait. ball around. Spread the ball around and then I want a dog that wants the ball at the end of crunch time that's willing mm. to either drive or take a nice pull of 12-foot jump shot. And um, right now that feels like it's A.J. Hogard from my eyes. Stop, stop it. I'm not, no, no, no. I'm saying the guy, the guy. He's who not like, that guy. No, he's not. I'm saying was, he's the he's the guy who tries to do that. He's the only one that looks like he wants it. And so now you think he does that every oh, year. Oh, was that the last oh, two games? Oh, bullshit. I've seen it multiple games this year, Alex, where he's the guy late in shot clocks, and he has to go create, and sometimes he makes it, and sometimes he turns it over. He doesn't – I I agree he does try to create in those situations. He's he usually made the play not, against Minnesota. Sorry, he's I, usually I, meant, I caught you not off. Sorry. shooting if, you, if I could have finished, but, you know, I'm glad you got that in. I apologize. I'm just saying he's not the guy shooting. He's not pulling up from three and like trying to bang shots. He's driving to the lane and dishing, and that's what you want your point guard to do at the end of the game. That's not what Evan said, though. Evan said he wants the guy with the ball in the hands to make a play at the end of the game. That can pull up from 12 feet and make a shot was the direct thing. You could drive, too. I don't really care. Just There's some lackluster possessions down the stretch of Northwestern, and I'm not saying that Christie isn't capable of doing it, but it's pretty tall order to ask for a freshman to do it nonstop. Especially throughout the Northwestern game, he wasn't shooting pretty well. Uh, yeah, I believe it was a one for eight yeah. game. 
Um, but Before I always that, feel he like was rolling. Yes, I always feel if you're a good shooter, you should always shoot no matter what. If you're open, take the shot. Uh, it just didn't happen. Didn't fall for him on Saturday afternoon. So, and then there's like a whole lot of drama that happened in the last two games um, that I don't mm. think the, I don't think the people on the TV probably would have saw if you weren't there. The Tyson oh, enlighten, stuff. En- enlighten me with this drama. I love a good drama. Okay, so let's see. my tea. It just it's college. You're dealing with college athletes, and so they're emotional. They're high strung. They get pouty, whatever you want to put it. Uh, <laughs> Minnesota game. Hogard was in at the end because Tyson Walker pulled him from the game, and Tom and the rest of the coaches staff didn't feel free to put him back in. Obviously, Hogard was Tyson, playing. Decent. Tyson pulled himself. Tyson he pulled, pulled himself. himself and didn't want to go back in. Correct. He, he had like seven points, like a seven point streak by himself, and then he missed like the alley oop to Bingham to whip poorly, and he said something to himself. He said Tyson, and then he said, "Get me out, get me out." He was standing right next to the bench. And he said, "Get me out, get me out." Whoa. Sub came in, and that was that. Um, late Tom in the- did say there was some ankle issues as well, but he could have played through it. And Tom's going to be, be like the, the head coach and be like, and it's going to deflect all these questions of, you know, why is somebody not in? He's not going to tell, oh, well, this player is being a pouty. He actually said Tyson Walker needs to be tougher and transition to the Big Ten a little better and that he should have been playing. So he didn't really sugarcoat it. Wow. It's not like Tyson wasn't playing. It's not a big deal, Grant. You're over yet. Bad. Wow. Um, he had some down games, but he also played really well in a couple of games. So. And then, obviously, the Northwestern game. Uh, I don't know if it was under the eight or under the four timeout. Doesn't really matter. In the huddle, uh, I believe Tyson is sitting down. Um, and this, there's is like a, in, this is insider knowledge shit we're getting right now. Yeah. Uh, Tyson's sitting down like he had the circle where everybody else is standing. And then Tyson Walker and A.J. Hargard are going at each other. Tyson Walker has to be whole, held back from AJ Hallgard, and they were about to get into like an altercation if it wasn't if nobody stepped in. It was face to face, just a heated argument. Like I hate you, you hate me. This is Did you catch anything cl- they said? This is a breaking I didn't catch news anything, clip. No, but like you could hear like Tyson Walker or AJ Hallgard like screech in like in anger in anger when it like first escalated. Um, Davis Smith stepped guys. in. Marble stepped in. Uh. I like Julius Marble. I Mark, really do. Like the only assistant coach that ever came over and said something was Montgomery. That kind of like came up to Hogarth and said a couple words, but other than that, didn't really say anything. Izzo probably get, loved that shit. Get get Dwayne Stevens in the middle of that. No one's touching each other. If he's I, I think they Izzo likes when his uh, his guys get after each other. And then so like player led team. And granted, Tom is stubborn at times, so I don't blame him. Bingham wasn't playing well and took a couple bad shots. Wasn't playing well on defense, and Tom pulled him because he walked back on a turnover. It was like a missed shot and a turnover. We didn't get the rebound, of course, of that game. Um, and Tom had enough of being walking back on the court, so he sat him. And that's Alex, why he was in a row of a Marcus hates, Bingham disappearance. Alex hates loafing too, so he probably would have done the same thing. He well, who likes loafing. who likes loafing? Uh, Not me. Do you, do you sit back and watch a guy that you root for, and he walks around and Aaron Henry not boxing out in the uh, first four last year? You're just gonna watch them and be like, yeah, I like that. I love Only, loafing. Only in soccer because they loaf quite a bit, and I think it's part of the game. Um, it just hurts more because that game was on at home. Um, mm-hmm. Michigan State fans are miserable on Twitter after a home loss in basketball. It's like it's basketball; mm-hmm. it happens. Or college athletes. Uh, I don't blame 
to substitutions. I don't blame what happened during the game. Uh, you're going to play who wants to play. And it's like giving some effort out there. Yes, you could have played marble a little bit more, but you know, defense for offense in that situation, we dealt with it last year. Uh, so I don't hate Tom Izzo for this was coming. The team had been playing pretty bad. They were barely surviving games that they should have been winning pretty handily. And, you know, it just got to the point where you're not just going to keep winning two-point games against teams that are not as good as you when you're playing terrible. You're turning the ball over, sloppy. You're not defending. You're getting out-rebounded some of these times to teams that are not, should not be doing that to you. Northwestern didn't even have their best player. But no. I agree with Evan. There's no need to overreact to losing a game. You're gonna, you're not going 20 and 0 in the Big Ten. That was never going to happen. So, you know, you can learn a lot from a loss, and I hope this team responds well because they got two uh, massive games coming up. They you know, need to win one of them. My biggest takeaway from this is I just like to see some minutes change here and there. Yeah, uh, with a couple. Bingham's got to figure it out as well. Correct. So he, this this is this will shift into our like what they need to fix going forward part. Yeah, turnovers. You can't be so sloppy. It's it's one thing to turn the ball over. You know, you drive into the hoop and you see a guy and it gets deflected. It's at least a good idea. The turnovers we're having are just like careless, like dribbling it off your foot, throwing it out of bounds, just like JV basketball turnovers. Those are the ones that have to stop. You can turn the ball over. You're not going to have zero turnovers every game, but those ones have to stop. Evan, you were going on a minutes point. You want to see minutes change for this team? I do. Um, granted, it should. It probably will change every game based on who's playing well, who's not. But I think Malik Cars need to get more minutes. Um, Malik Carr or Hall? Sorry, my bad. Malik Carr was there. I'm so distracted. that was gonna be a, that was gonna be a clip. I was like, Malik Carr, turn the camera on, Grant. I do no. think he could be a rebounding factor if uh, if Tom needs a body. He's a <laughs> big guy. Noted. You could you could get some fouls out of him, just like hey, go in there. If Kofi I would wants- love to see him go bang down low with someone. I would Kofi Coburn. Kofi Coburn. Yeah, that would be games, awesome. You know, you have fouls to give. We're already at the ten minute mark. Like, hey, go go sub in as soon as he catches it and tries to attempt a shot. Hack the crap out of him. I don't care if you foul out. I, I don't need that. you. Um, Set the tone. Malik Hall. Um, obviously, you like to see his minutes increase. Obviously, it's going to hurt the next couple games because these teams actually have big men. But when a team's like undersized a little bit, I don't mind him guarding the post. Um, Is his defense subpar to Tom? Because that's got to be the only reason he's he's not playing as much. Probably. I mean, everybody's, I don't watch everybody's him defense on... is probably subpar. I just like him yeah. to be more aggressive on offense. Uh and then I would just like you got to get Gabe Brown more shots than just transition threes. You got to be able to draw a place for him and give him easier shots. Uh, I think those are the two biggest takeaways yeah. from the Northwestern game. It's like he had they, a hot first half and kind of just disappeared. Like we couldn't was, get him we're not manufactured touches. Him. And I get he's not like a pick and roll guy. He's not Cassius Winston or anybody will ever be like that. But come you off screens, able, catch and shoot. Correct. Or yeah, because on that on that point, Evan, I always feel like I see Max Christie get these Rip Hamilton esque pin downs and like half court or no um, mid range like elbow jumpers, but I never see Gabe Brown really get those. I always his are always like threes. In, in fairness, like there's a lot of plays where it's just like a double pin down where like Max is like the second option on the opposite side wing, and they over jumped, over helped on Gabe on Gabe's side. Um, 
in fairness, I wouldn't mind that. Max shooting more as well. Correct. He's not shooting that much. Uh, like it's surprising for he's probably our best or second best shooter. Gabe Brown's probably best, obviously. And I would like both of them to get more touches manufactured instead of AJ Hogard dribbling around on pick and rolls because we have all seen how that goes. Yeah, that was my big thing I wrote. Well, one alarming thing was just the rebound discrepancy, I think, at least in the Northwestern games. Like I always feel like you can bank on a Michigan State team either tying their opponent or beating their opponent in rebounds, even some offensive ones. And I just think like I think one of the guys for Northwestern that uh the big goonie like white dude down low had like five rebound offensive rebounds in that game, and that's just very uncharacteristic. It's effort. So yeah, so like that kind of aspect of the game, obviously. And then another thing from the Northwestern game is like you're not going to shoot, you know, 45% from three as a team the whole year. They shot like 29 in this game. So you, when you have an off shooting night, teams can hang around when they shouldn't. But um, as, as far as my things that I think they have to fix the most would be the half court offense. Like I just think a lot of times those easy buckets being manufactured, I just never see like any. I, I don't know. I watch a decent amount of their games, like just the easy, easy buckets where you just get a backdoor cut and it's wide open or you get a, the Max Christie off a pin down mid-range jumper. You get a couple of them, but I feel like there's not enough. And then you get what Alex said, the late shot clock AJ Hogard hero plays. And then so to eliminate that, what I would build off of, which I think has been good and historically as good as the tempo. Like I think this team has the athletes yeah. just to run as much as you possibly can without turning it over, obviously. You're going to turn it over. but And the turnovers often fine. come in the half court because they're so uncomfortable in the half court yeah, a lot of times. Yeah, just gross, disgusting turnovers. Like just run. And then to, to tack onto this, I'm curious your guys' answers. I'll start off the X factor question going forward. Is the X factor of this team, it can be a scheme, it can be a player, it can be anything. I think the biggest X factor is Tyson Walker because when I think about like the peak version of this Michigan State team, I envision Tyson Walker on the floor in like those early season tournaments when he's making plays, he's hitting at least one three a game to make you respect it. Um, you know, he's throwing good alley oop passes. And Hogarth has his moments, but you know, obviously barring the mental aspect and the injury aspect, I'd like to see Tyson Walker at 30 plus minutes and he like doesn't really hit that at all. He's always in the 20 to 25 range. And I think he, at the best version of Michigan state basketball is him playing 30 plus minutes. I agree. He's getting in foul trouble a lot too, for some reason. I don't know why I, he had, he did the last two games. And then like Evan said, he had it. He scored like eight points in a row by himself for against Minnesota to push it out to eight or nine the lead and then you just he just disappeared so i don't know what's going on with him you know mentally he needs to lock in maybe a little more buy in more i'm not sure what what the deal is maybe he's just the big Ten's tough playing it and he was playing in uh where was he northeastern northeastern being the guy doing whatever he wanted and now it's you know it's physical and it's it's the big Ten. it's a lot tougher so big stage big life he he definitely needs to uh he's definitely an x-factor I would say my X factor is Bingham. Um, so, because you need more production out of the post player. Um, obviously, all time is guards um, take you as far as the point guard does. So, I completely agree about Tyson Walker. Um, just Bingham has to, I don't want to say develop more. He's developed enough. He can shoot a little bit from his mid range game. Uh, he's got enough post moves. It's just he's got to be more consistent throughout a game. Uh, he can't go into a Big Ten game and only get two points, and our third string center has two points as well. He's got to be a 10 and 10 guy uh, going forward so this team can excel the best. I agree. He 
needs to start hitting the glass again. In the beginning of the season, he was hitting it hard, getting boards, bush light for Grant. And he was also scoring. And then in the last two games, he's just a complete disappearance act. And also, is it easier when you're doing against inferior opponents in that conference? I agree. The tent's a little bit different, but still. But against Northwestern, you're... They didn't have their big guy. I they mean, they had inferior, that. Yes, you, you got to be better. Have he knows to. it. He tweeted it. He said he'll be better. He'll yeah, be better. He held himself accountable. I'll be watching. I'm gonna. I'll remember that tweet. I'll keep Marcus accountable and myself. Shout out Julius Marble. You know, he had a great game, but then he tried to cross over in front at the end of the game, and I'm not sure what he was thinking there. He had a Malik Hall esque game where you just don't miss. Yep, and then he tried to dribble and put <laughs> it on the floor. From so. Top. The fun part is um, irresponsible predictions and stuff for the rest of the season. Now that we're at the halfway point, your expectations and your ceiling for this Michigan State basketball team. Uh, I still expect Michigan State to get to the second weekend okay. in the tournament uh, and compete for the Big Ten down to the wire. I mean, I'm not going to say they're going to win because that's, that's probably a little too much. And then, uh, you know, ceiling, if you get to the second weekend, you can, depending on matchups, you can get to the final four. So, I mean, I think that's the ceiling. Ceiling, final four, expectations, second weekend, and compete for the Big Ten regular season championship. Down to game 20, yeah. Uh, I completely agree with Alex. Uh, Ceiling, final four. Uh, Expect to get to the second weekend. And then I would say win the Big Ten, just one of them, uh, tournament or it's fair. Uh, the regular season. Because I feel like, okay, if we don't win the regular season, yeah, there's a lot of good teams with a lot of good players. Uh, the tournament's a little different. You're playing four days in a row, three days in a row. And I feel like we're more of a balanced team. We don't have the superstar, like I said. So like anybody could get hot on our team. We're not reliant on one person to score 25, 30 points. So I feel like we have a chance to win one of those. Obviously, compete in the regular season all the way down to the wire, but I hope to win one of the Big Ten or regular season or tournament. I'll also say Evan and I were pretty negative during most of that, but you know we've lost one game in our last like twelve, so it's not the sky is not falling any slanting. No. It's just been a, a rougher stretch. Now before I give mine. I'm a Michigan fan. People are going to think I'm lower than you guys because of that. No, I'm unbiased. I watch Big Ten basketball. I watch Big East basketball. I don't really watch much SEC. I don't really watch much Big 12. I know two conferences pretty well. My expectation is for this Michigan State team to compete in the Big Ten, but in the sense of like must finish in the top five of the conference. And then my ceiling for them right now is the Elite Eight. I just couldn't get myself to picture them as that Final Four team. Um, they could, but as I sit here today of what I've seen, there's like f- four teams in the Big Ten that I think are have more talent. Not saying that Michigan four. State can't... Yeah, I think Purdue, Illinois... We'll see with Wisconsin, but this Johnny Davis kid, dude, like having like the best player in the country is not something I had on my radar for them. Certainly, helps. and then obviously I think EJ Liddell is a better player than anyone Michigan State has, but obviously as a team, Michigan State can play better. Like we haven't talked about the balance, but so top five uh, for Big Ten, and then Elite Eight. They could def- I could definitely see them making the second weekend, and then but just getting there would be to the Final Four would be tough because they're going to run to some really good teams. Like I think, like I think uh, the overreactions, 
yeah, the overreactions that people were throwing out on Michigan State Twitter, like, oh, like, we knew this team wasn't a top 10 team in the country. I'm not willing to go there. Like, maybe right now they don't feel like it, but they deserve that ranking at the time. I definitely not that I'm looking at the top 25. They're a top 20 team in the country, no doubt. Like, once you get to 20, it's Xavier, Providence, Soil, Chicago, who you guys already beat. But when you get up to the Gonzaga, Auburn's, Arizona's, Purdue, Baylor, and not saying you guys can't beat Purdue because it's a Big Ten game, but like the talent level in those top five teams is just absurd and like really good. Like just Jabari Smith kid and Evan hates Chet Holmgren, but he's a bomb. NBA Lotto picks up there. Um, yeah, I think I think I'm very curious. I'm actually super excited with this podcast and you guys to see how the next two games play out because my expectations and ceiling could completely change uh, with the at Wisconsin at Illinois matchups. We'll be watching the- Friday game together. Yeah, oh, yes. and also the at Wisconsin game at the Kohl Center, 9 oh, p.m. Stop, Friday. Stop. Don't say it. Don't say don't, it. We don't expect, know what's going to happen. Don't expect Michigan State to uh, pull that out. Oh, and Alex, if they lose, the sky is not falling. That's not again. a Mel Tucker neutral thinking chop chop <laughs> mentality. That's I'm a just, terrible I'm mentality. I'm just trying to tell the people not to you know, Circling cry if they lose in a rowdy environment that we struggle to win at. What if it's a blowout? It's 15 plus. I wouldn't doubt it. I, I wouldn't even be surprised. Oh, wow. They're going to be charged up, man. We will play with better effort than we did against Northwestern. Don't get me wrong. But Wisconsin is a pretty solid team or senior-led. Top 10 team currently in the country. And like you said, they have one of the best players in the country currently. But I expect to beat Illinois. I think Illinois is a little overrated. Just they have to have one guy and he's a stat stuffer against inferior opponents. So he's better than what he actually is. So Did you see the return of Curbelo, though? Yeah, that makes it more dynamic. They have three solid guards, but I think our length and I think our guards can compete just with them. Um, They don't have DeSumo anymore, so. Beat them last year. Mm Mm-hmm. True. Well, now to a team that fell from grace and is currently trying to find their identity amidst health issues and whatnot. Michigan, 32nd in Kempom, which feels way too high. Uh, 27th on offense and 48th on defense. Mm -hmm. I'll take the lead on this one. Like the the main storylines, the shooting on this team, just in general, is just horrendous. Like you know, when the group chat asked me what's wrong with Michigan basketball, I try to. I'm they may think it's a shtick, and I'm just kind of dumbing it down. But like in basketball, you have to be able to shoot the ball well, and when you don't shoot the ball well, you lose games. That was and one of my positives. Huh? They're they shooting. Cannot shoot worse. Okay. Yes, that's <laughs> they true. They can't rock bottom. What I will say is, you know, I was able to watch the whole Illinois game and while it was kind of just like miserable like losing it getting ugly at the end like I was very I could live with a performance like that from the team that was able to play that day the way they played the the grit the hustle the despite the bad shooting like they that first half was almost comically bad and like mucked up and like they executed the game plan of Jace Howard having to check Kofi Coburn <laughs> down low and basically just like hack a shacking him like the way they they grinded Frankie Collins and Buffkin getting some steals out in transition Buffkin had one of the more impressive finishes right into Kofi's chest I've ever seen so like just that like just the, the effort that was there and making it a one point game with seven to go and six point game with five to go and uh environment in illinois like i'm not gonna get mad at them for that their problems have been earlier in the season but when we get into it i'll just keep moving along here of just for me the x factor on the team goes down to caleb houston and i have a question for you guys about him at some point just the backstory on the kid well everyone knows he's he came in the, the season the 11th ranked player in his class a five-star mcdonald's all-american montvert academy played with kate cunningham team canada with 
Jane or with Zach Eady and all those stars in Canada and balled out at FIBA had like 23 points in like their big games. But like you look at his, this is this is from the field. Just I'm gonna rattle off his game logs of some of them. Okay, I picked the bad ones obviously, but there's enough that it's like hmm. one for nine, one for eight, two for eight, two for nine, zero oh for seven, two for nine. He's been terrible. Four. So his splits. And keep in mind, so a good shooter like Isaiah Livers, like good shooters, like probably Gary Harris. You shoot 50, 40, 90, 50 from the field, 40 from three, 90 from the line. Caleb Houston is 43% from the field, 29% from three, and 76% from the free throw line. And he was a 40, like 40% three-point shooter in high school, and he's known for being just a knockdown shooter. Just nothing from him, really, production-wise. I mean, in the two games, he, he shot well. They beat San Diego State handedly, and they beat Nebraska, who's not good. But if he scores, you know, 16 points and shoots well, they're going to be a much more competitive team. So he's definitely the X factor going forward. And what they have to build off of, I think, is a little bit reshaping of minutes too. I need to see more Kobe Bufkin. I need to see Frankie Collins. You have to build off the energy and aggression on defense that and like the care that your young guard showed. And even Jace Howard, take a lesson from him diving on the floor and kicking out Devontae Jones for a three. Like that, just plays like that are what the team needs more. But it's not good. And, uh, you know, I'll let you guys hop in here. And then before we get into expectations and ceilings, it's just like things from an outside perspective, you notice good and bad from this team. Uh, negative, I've noticed. Uh, not so much lately, I guess. But struggling to close out games and win games is 100% mentally probably affecting them a bit. Just, you know, not real, like figuring out how to win at the end of a game when you should. Um, their defense has been not good to put it lightly they look disinterested sometimes and uh some positives i put you know because this is important eli brooks he's a good basketball player positive a, a leader senior guy you know you need guys like that and then a negative on the same type of point as your quote-unquote older guys which you don't really have many um you know your brandon johns of the world are just mm. Do, doing nothing just not really mm. contributing to your team um yeah i mean it's it's not going well right now but the thing is machine does have talent that's another positive there is talent on the team it's a matter of you know getting them to work cohesively as a unit um you know positive negatives i don't really like highlight any of them obviously the record it's a tough environment going to Illinois and without Dickinson uh, or Johns. I'm not saying Johns is good, but he's valuable as a body. Um, but I think that game actually benefited from the energy that the young players and the new players that got more minutes showed. And I feel like now that, like, so to speak, they have their back up against the wall, um, sitting at seven and seven for the rest of you, I think you'd only benefit them um, to where it's a winner take all mentality every single game. That bubble and, life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Welcome to it. Um, and you know the defense. You know there might be some mismatch problems because of who they start or whatnot. Uh, but I feel like as anybody can say that if they attempted to play basketball, if you're not shooting well from the field, your hundred percent focus is not on the defensive side. Um, mm-hmm. lackluster there, communication or whatnot. And I feel like just the more games you play, I feel like the better it'll get. Um, but I'm with you, Grant. Like minutes need to increase from guys that just want to get more energy out there. Yeah, that can change yeah. game for game. Some kids can play well, some kids can play not. And so 
I expect Michigan to bounce back clearly, and I think that Illinois is going to prove like you hung tough with them when nobody gave you a shot for the majority of the game. So, like with the Caleb Houston thing, I feel like you just have to draw easier plays for him, more isolation, maybe a post touches here and there. Just get him to where he sees the ball going through the basket in any way, shape, or form, besides from like the free throw line. Um. Obviously, it's hard when Dickinson because he's the number one option, but I would just like to see Houston. Yeah, he's shooting poorly from the field, just maybe easier shots, you know, post, post touches, whatnot. Just find him a way where he can have a game where he sees the ball go through the hoop seven or eight times from the when, field. When, do, when does the narrative, like, when do I stop making the excuse, like, oh, he's he was a good high school shooter? shooters got to shoot shots will fall does that not kick until if he comes back for a sophomore year and like his first five games he looks bad like when does it when's it like panic panic february yeah really if you're still not shooting well by february then because there's a serious but i don't want to give up on his whole michigan career in february of his freshman year because this one you were talking about i'm like grant good thing is if he doesn't play well this year there's more likely than him that he will return I don't even know what a mock draft looks like, but there, I can't imagine he's in the first round anymore. And he was supposed to be a lotto pick. Yeah. Like he had to have how, dropped all the way out. Yeah, like yeah. how do you? Because his frame, he needs to add a bunch of muscle at some point too. Like, well, no, I guess you can be a slender shooter in the in, the, in today's NBA, but like his defense is not going to get him in the first round. So I just don't know what. Um, is he creating say, much off the dribble? No. Or trying to? No. Well, he tries to go to the rim and gets stuffed. Mm. At least I'm thinking about Illinois, what I just watched. I'm with Alex on like you have to February for this year because of what the team, like your team situation. This year, I've basically already given up. I'm being honest. But I'm it might be time career. to drop, drop his. I also saw he's playing the second most minutes on the team, close to like 32 or something. Yeah, 31 if, a if, game. If you're that negative to your team on the floor, eventually it has to be about winning basketball games and you're going to have to drop his minutes. You can't just like keep giving the excuse that he's a freshman. Let's throw him out there and let him shoot until he shoots out of it. It's, it's hurting the team. Right. Because the theory of the team was, you know, he'll play the three, even though he's like six, eight, six, nine. He's just slender. He, he wouldn't really guard a big power forward in the big 10. And then you have Musa and then you have Hunter Dickinson. So you have three non floor spacers. If he's shooting 29% from three. So yeah. you're clogging everything up because I know they do have to respect his three, but if he's not making them, it's not doing anyone any good. So at some point, it's like you got to either have him be the sixth man off the bench. I don't know. It's, the rotations are all out of whack because I think his skill set has not translated to, and they also have, you know, like like Evan said with the Max Christie, like asking the freshman to do too much sometimes, it's a tough balance. They definitely just basically, hey, we need you to be Franz Wagner this year and just walk into his shoes. And it, Franz was not great his freshman year either. And then he grew into it. So if he does come back his sophomore year, I will not give up on the kid. Obviously, his career at Michigan until I see his sophomore year and par- the first parts of his sophomore year. But I still, I mean, there's talent there. He's not, he was at the high level of high school. He didn't play against like scrubs. So we'll see. But that is definitely the biggest factor in the team right now. Yeah, you should translate his energy into defense and everything else, and the rest will come. Maybe he's just, just the, too too worried about scoring points. Maybe, yeah. And it's causing it's like, everything to go awry. Yeah. It, almost like the Tyson thing. You can kind of see him like self-negative, like, oh, come on, man, like self-talk himself when he misses stuff. So If I'm Juwan, I'm, I'm bringing him off the bench. Maybe. Yeah, change, change the scenery, change the pace. Um, so now expectations, ceiling. 
it's funny, you know, when we started the little preview of the season, my expectation was a final four for this team, which wasn't crazy because that's what they were supposed to be. But now the expectations are none. So life comes at you fast. I have zero expectations for this team. I was going to be like at least finish 500 in the conference. And then I looked at the schedule and I don't see them finishing 500 in the conference. No way. Evan. I haven't looked at the schedule hand up. Like I'm not that kind of guy where I stalk you guys. Um, But now that you said it, it, don't worry. I'll do it right now. I mean, and you have to factor in what they are now. When's your next game? uh, It's Maryland. So that's a must win. Tuesday. Tuesday. Maryland's lost part. That program is in shambles. Yes, yes, it is. That's Holy a win. Holy cow! Did you see the Gotta thing about their assistant game. coaches? But so we're already we're already one in three at Indiana. That's a toss up. They got a top player in the country. Home to Northwestern. We saw what they just did. You can't write that team off. At you guys, loss. Home Nebraska win. At Purdue, loss. At Penn State, tough. Versus Ohio State, who knows? At Iowa, at Wisconsin, home Rutgers, home Illinois, home Iowa, at Ohio State. You're already one in three. <laughs> I don't know. So the expectations are not to make the no. tournament. The expectations are none. The ceiling is the first four. The ceiling. Wow. I was going to be a lot nicer. No chance. Because I haven't seen it. There's talent, right? We know Caleb Houston should be able to shoot. We know Dickinson is good. Right. He, and yeah, but Devontae ideally- Jones is emerging. Eli Brooks is a good 3 and D type of player. There is talent on this team, Grant. Come on, you can't give up on them yet. There is, but I can't deal in projections of what they should be. I'm doing what they have been, and it's bad. It's a 500 team with a 1-3 Big Ten record. And Evans, I think it's just got huge because he realized the schedule. How, how are you going to make up games in that? And, and also, if we reschedule you guys in Purdue, be, that could be two more be, losses. It's going to be bad. It, it's going to be tough. I just yeah, think it does please. get hot down the end towards the end of the season you know maybe they sneak into the tournament i think they could win a game in the tournament whether that be the first four or not but i think they could win a game if they get hot at the end of the year it happens all the time they could their talent is there but like if they make the tournament it's not going to be anything outside of the first four i don't see how they're like a legit like 11 seed firmly in the tournament yeah that would that would be a testament to the brand which i'm not sure is as, as strong in basketball Michigan State's brand got them barely into the tournament when they should have been a 10 seed last year. So, you know, we were in the tournament. Michigan's. The only reason we were in the first four is because the committee and it's all about because of the brand. Yes, we got screwed because of the brand. So, um, Evan, now you see it. Now yeah, you now see, the schedule. see your schedule. Do you want the harsh truth of what I think? Yeah, and I okay, the harsh truth. You have to win the next five to seven games because your end of your season is brutal. You have it's to tough. win at Mar- you have to beat Maryland. Indiana's a toss-up, like you said, but I feel like it's a must-win if you want to go in forward, if you want to make the tournament. Northwestern, must-win. It's at home. Michigan State, it's on the road. Good luck. Uh, Nebraska at home, must-win. If they lose to Nebraska at home, you might as well just shoot the season into like the sun because it's over. I think if you lose to Maryland, it's over. Uh, Saturday, 2.30 in Purdue. It's probably going to be a blackout. They're probably going to honor somebody. You might as well say that we already lost by 30 because Michigan State, we've been there. Um, and then that Penn State is like a must-win. Five of seven, yeah. They have to win five of seven. Yeah, because then after that, you have to play Ohio State twice. You have to play Iowa twice. You have to play Illinois and Wisconsin. You could lose all those games. Yeah, because then at five (laughs) and seven, you're still six and five. Then you talk about that stretch and like you're going to go greater than Wash in that? Probably not. What What is Michigan in the Big Ten right now? One and three. Oh, but they lost two games. So they're like those two (laughs) games. I don't know if they would have won. Maybe they would have upset Michigan State, but. Like you should be Purdue. kicking yourself for not getting that Seton Hall win and 
UCF. That Minnesota win and Minnesota. UCF. Rutgers, needed to win yeah. those. <laughs> Rutgers, eh, you weren't going to win that game. Rutgers, they got to a bad Sorry, start. Sorry, Purdue yeah. Fort Wayne got canceled, man. That was a big loss. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. But yeah, because no. the, the two games, NIT, I mean, not, maybe not even jo- NIT good enough. They will the get NIT, bro. The jokes were fun and all, but the two games that did get canceled because of COVID were two games that they needed because they were home games against top 15, top 10 teams. Like, you want those games at home. You don't want to go at Michigan State and at Purdue for sure on your schedule. You want the two home ones as well. So, the, the, the timing was atrocious. And then you have Hunter sit out the Illinois game because he's dealing with medical things. And it's just like, dude, it's just the whole situation is bad. And so, the expectations are gone. And the ceiling is the first four. And Pro- Probably true. Go dogs or go Kentucky. I guess Ooh. they they blitz Tennessee. Tennessee's <laughs> thank God uh, they're bad offensively, really bad offensively. I that. can't say I've watched much SEC basketball. At Oscar, all. they got Oscar Sheboy. He's like breaking records in like every way for points and rebounds. Basketball season just officially started, so it's time to lock in a Super Tuesday every week. Mm. Um. <laughs> so speaking of basketball and then hockey here to close out. Uh, well, we had the fan listener questions too at the end, but we'll do Pistons first. I'm less excited to talk about them. And there is a fan question to lead off this segment, which I think is just good right to get into. It's a very well written, thought out question. Good grammar in this. Uh, we got a semicolon and everything, parentheses. So for the Pistons, what would you rather have happen? A positive push in the second half of the season. But coming up short of the playing game, quotes or parentheses, playing game is just unrealistic at this point. Or continuing on with one of the worst records in the NBA, increasing the odds of a top five draft pick. Give me that yep. top five draft pick. Give me that top five draft pick. Suck for luck, baby. Um, this roster <laughs> is clearly one of Andrew the worst. Andrew Luck, yeah. I love that. Let's talk for like the you know, the luck of the probability the ball falls your way again. Um, you need talent in any shape or form. Like, you just need talent on the roster and, like, that playoff push. Like, you, we have seen recently, uh, later in, like, the first round, like, those guys aren't valuable whatsoever for, like, three or four years. Um, but if you get a top five pick, it's a playmaker that can contribute right away. So, Jabari unless it's Smith. Chet Holmgren, then I'm out. Oh, jeez. Hey, when we draft Chet Holmgren, you can promise me I'll never be a Pistons fan again. That's all it takes? Yes. That fast. Um, yeah, I would agree with Evan, hundred percent. Actually, did you, say, would, did you say if it's the first pick, um, I just said if the Pistons. Draft what if we have the Chet fifth Holmgren. pick and he's like the clear best guy at number five? Jaden Ivy, he's gone. He, he went at four. Gone. No, he's not. Okay, he's, t- he's projected for now. Draft Brad Davison over Chet Holmgren. Stop it! <laughs> I, I, I'm serious. God, you really hate him, man. I do. That's crazy. He's overrated. Yeah, I actually wrote down, because I didn't see this question, I wrote down tank into the lottery. So, yeah, I want to keep tanking and sucking. You and this person are on the same page. Yeah. Well, I don't know. They didn't say what they wanted. True. Uh, So, yeah, I didn't even set the table there. But, yeah, the Pistons are 10-32, and worse than the division, second worst in the Eastern Conference, and second worst in the NBA. I think at this point, it's a no-brainer. 11 games out of eight. To just kind of putts your way to the end of the season. The one thing I guess I've thought about this team is I haven't watched them night in and night out, but I'm glad Cade silenced the haters that happened in the first couple games. Like he's going to be fine. Sadiq Bay will be fine. Um, but the question still remains about Killian Hayes. I still Ooh. have worries about him. And I just think like, I don't know. 
Like, if he's just a guy that just gets five assists a game, is that is that really? Is that really I tried to want? give him the benefit of the doubt and say he was young at the beginning of this year. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's gonna work. He's still the kid can't young. shoot. I know, but he's not doing anything. Like when I I look at the stats, sometimes I just look at the box score and I see random dudes putting up decent numbers. And he, he's always balling. He's always just like two assists, couple rebounds, and three turnovers and zero points. So like, what is he doing out there? And he's still playing, he start, he's starting. Just can yeah. he start more games than he doesn't? Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I think we need to get this notion of that he's got has to be some superstar. I think Pistons fans need to come to realize like he is what he is, and probably at best, like later in his career, he's like he's just a backup point guard. Like that's his peak. Yeah. I think I think and, I would take that. And I feel that like if point. he was a backup point guard, he would be a solid role. Yeah, but I'd rather have Ish Smith than that. Prime Ish Smith. Ish was sweet. He's a bucket. You hate Ish Smith too. So we're to the point we we have are we admitting that the seventh pick was a bust? No, it's too early, but because he was picked seventh. But who was behind him? He's like he's like twenty. Oh, uh fucking Halliburton that I think about once a week. I did want Halliburton in the draft process. Killian Hayes is twenty, so like I could easily he's see young. in four years him being really good because he's just going to get older and get bigger. He has and talent. Know how he works. Yeah, he does. So maybe we should just relax. But it is discouraging just to see it. You know, you're just waiting for it to be there. He shows flashes, but the three point numbers, the three point percentage is a little bit better. He went up from twenty seven point eight to thirty mm, percent. This is really his, Houston, this is, I guess. This is really his rookie year, I guess. You know, because he only played yeah. in twenty six games last year. All right, let's give him a chance. Yeah, it's just tough. Um, and also the biggest thing with this team is we don't have like a rim finisher or like a big presence. Like I love Isaiah Stewart, but he's also a bench piece. If we're going to be really good, like the best version of the Pistons, he's, he's not is... a starter on a championship team. Correct. Uh, an ad just started running on ESPN for a caramel frappe, and I thought about Evan in high school just knocking those down before high school basketball. Chocolate chip frappes back then when they had those bad boys. Wow, sounds nice. And then would we trade Jeremy Grant, and for what? You, sh- I you think need should. to. I oh think you gosh. definitely should. Yeah, I, I remember last year I started was, Evan. Yes, it did. So Michelle just broke off like a thirty-yard run. Last year I was hesitant to do this, uh, but now I'm okay with it because you look at the age and this team got worse, and so the timeline has been pushed back. He doesn't so fit the window. No, he's almost a thirty. Yeah, I, I don't know what I'm expecting to get back, but at this point, I think fried. you can get a, a pretty decent haul for a for a contender that wants to win right now. A nice a order, good player. A nice order of fried pickles for him would be pretty nice. Maybe Let's some tank, wings, some top five pick, Miles Bridges in free agency. The dude's going crazy. Thirty-two yeah, career, and twelve today. Career high, right? He had thirty-eight the other night as well. Yeah, he's he's he thirty-eight. I don't know. He had a near triple double today this afternoon. So, all right. Well, now to the other team that shares the same arena. Um, the Red Wings, they're 18, 17, and 5. They're 5th in their division. They're ninth in the conference. They're 17th in the NHL. But asterisk, they have the second most games played. So the Red Wings have played 40 games. And some teams have only, well, one team has only played 30. And a couple of them only played 31, 32. So when you, do, when you look right now, you're they're like, oh, my God. points out. Yeah. But then you look at the games played, and you're like, well, yeah. The Bruins, who are five points ahead, still have five games less played than us, and they're not going to lose all those, hypothetically. So they'll probably distance the gap. But there's, there's also a- another jarring stat that you missed. Their what? goal differential is like minus 25. 
and the rest mm-hmm. of the teams ahead of them are all like pretty positive. All so right. the goal differential stands out. They look like a bottom team in the NHL with that goal differential. But compared to the Pistons, their fellow arena, arena mates, they seem like on a much faster track to be competitive and make the playoffs. I would, based on the moves they make this offseason and prospects coming up, I could see them right in the mix there to making the playoffs next year, which would be sweet for the city. Uh, I'll kick it off to Evan. Your thoughts on what you've seen from the Red Wings 40 games deep. 40 games in, obviously, it's the young talent. Um, Raymond's playing like he's going to win the rookie of the year. Uh, the Calder. Cider's becoming into one of the most well-developed and solid picks that we've had, like an under-radar pick as defenseman. Um, 40 games now, and he got twenty. He has 25 points. Pretty solid as defenseman. Um, Larkin, you know, it's just the depth on the team, the talent on the team isn't there to compete yet. Um, but it's hockey. Anybody can get hot to get down the stretch. It's nice that we're more competitive, but obviously I don't think this team will make the playoffs. Do you want them to tank or like just push as long as possible? No, I don't want us to tank um, because the NHL just doesn't really care about small market teams because uh, we got screwed out of the first pick, but we did. Are we, we considered small market in the NHL? We are hockey town. No, we're original six, Evan. I understand that, but you know. You don't mess with the D. <laughs> Get that out of your face. Uh, I just want us to be more competitive throughout the year because then it makes hockey a lot better and more fun. Uh, like, so, yeah, in the stats behind that, in rookie point scoring, Lucas Raymond's one in the league, most siders three, damn. And then, I guess, Neil Kovic, the needle, he's technically a rookie still, so he's number one in wins and, like, second in save percentage. So when you just talk about the core of your team right there, like, it's building. And from in person, my thoughts on the game – because I, I mean this is all just a one sample size that they won four nothing also evan you'd love this too and for, for gambling purposes they showed on the big screen like it was uh neil kovich's grandma's like first red wings game and i'm like dude they need to release that before the game so people can hammer like pistons win and shoot a shutout because like of course his grandma's in attendance the, the first game like the red wings sh- shut out like of course he's gonna have a shout out. His grandma's seen him in the Red Wings arena for the first time. That's a no brainer, but like no one knew it. And then, like when you see, I know he's not like considered the elite of the elite of centers in the league. But when you see Dylan Larkin, I know it was a Buffalo Sabres too. They're like bottom five in the league. But when you see Dylan Larkin control the puck, he's like moving at a different speed, not like fast wise, but just like the way he moves around. Like he could just skate around and possess the puck for like two minutes if he wanted to, like skate in circles around the net and like look for someone to pass to. Like he did that like multiple times, and then. I really like Bertuzzi. That dude just gets pucks on net and gets in deep and just gets juicy rebounds for other people. That's how like Fabry scored, I think, the second goal. Um, interesting enough, the one guy that caught my eye on like the fourth or third line was the a- Adam Earn. He looked so fast when he would skate around. I was like, yeah, I was like, damn, that guy's kind of good. I also like Nick Letty. I always felt like he was in control of the puck when it was down deep in the defensive end. I was like, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. He's not going to turn it over right in someone's face. So that felt good. But... I mean, it definitely was the, like, I know again, it was the Sabres. I haven't seen them against top tier competition. They had an OT winner today to sweep the Sabres for the year, which was sweet, but they looked like they belonged. They, they looked like they were a competent team. They made some flashy plays. And obviously, like Lucas Raymond, you know, he's an electric factor. He's 19 years old. We want to talk about young kids, but so the future is really bright. And obviously, we 
teased the last show with Hylian Lidstrom, like the front office is just like ex Red Wings who are smart, classy guys. So you got to think, like, I'm very bullish about the Red Wings making the playoffs. And I'm just thinking about how our friend group is going to be able to, like, get on a ticket plan where we don't have to pay, like, a bunch of money to go to a game. Cause I really want to see a playoff game there. And I know that place is going to be absolutely bumping for playoff games. They in the will be in the postseason next year. Guarantee it. Wow. It's all about cap and situation, how we and it's all free agents. You have no to bring cap. in more. You hyped it up this year, Evan, in free agency and trades that were gonna happen. So I realized you were just talking about next offseason. You know, I so, thought we had a chance at Eichel, but obviously uh didn't want to pay that much. But it was like a couple of picks and obviously a solid uh prospect. But Johnny Hockey will be available free agent. You never know, man. Yes, finally it's the happening. prophecy. It's definitely, I'm definitely in the phase, like I tuned in today for a little bit, where you go to see an artist, a music artist in concert, and you love his songs, and you start listening to him all the time. That, that was me with the Red Wings game. I saw him in person. I'm like, you know, I'm going to check in on this team when they play on TV for now, because it, it's one of the most exciting sports to watch in person. That's 100% a fact. Like, it's just, I don't know, nonstop, just moving around, hits and all that stuff. But yeah, so there's our check-in for those clamoring for that. We'll update it, you know when draft season gets closer for agency it will be very exciting for those teams now to end the show we have some i guess they're miscellaneous questions and here's the thing i was like okay some of these questions you'll understand when i read them to you they're kind of like <laughs> lame cringy they could be made up you know i'm a, is, is someone punking us but it feels my, like my, they're all directed to grant no oh no two of them specifically but, are definitely oh. directed to grant i think they're more for everyone as a whole but there's it's one anonymous. question evan that has nothing to do with us <laughs> it's fully anonymous you know i think once we start doing that people are getting more either messing with us or saying what they really feel and i think our policy is just like we're going to read them and if we only talk about them for two seconds we only talk about them for two seconds but unless it's something really inappropriate that can't be discussed we will read your question because that we're a podcast for the people so the first one i'll bleep out the last name but as it's written Why? it says they wanted this on here. Yeah, but um, we're not just going to air people's out identities. We're just so someone having the football game, Evan. Yeah, it's just effort. It looked like somebody could have caught a pass and they didn't. <laughs> uh, the question is which sister is cooler? So bleep out that last name, but uh, Katie or Marissa, who's cooler? Oh. Uh, Neither of them are like cool people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going with uh, Katie. I'll go Katie as well. If I had to pick someone that's like, you know, cooler, has more fun. Yeah, Katie. Yeah, Marissa is my friend though. Doesn't back sure, out on just the, in case know, home, she listens. Home basketball games, so Katie. Wow! Wow! That cut deep. <laughs> wow! Yeah, I know. I wish I could have seen both of them at their respective like peak of college craziness to know a little bit more about this. But well, one didn't have much craziness. The other was wild. wild. One claims there was stretches where they were wild. Hmm. I don't think so, personally, but one was wild. One of the sisters was, at least on Kate. the stories I've heard. Katie was crazy. I'll make it a sweep. I'll go Katie. Yeah. Wow. That could, that could hit deep. <laughs> Solely based off of Katie's energy at her own wedding. Mm. Hey, Grant, this leads into the uh, question pretty well. The next one? Um, yeah, I guess because yeah, the Pistons one was in between that. So yeah, you should yeah. read the next one. So this was one Evan, I think might be fake or someone's messing with us. But if it's real, addressing it. it says I've been a 
I've been a big fan of the podcast for a long time now, and I must say I have the biggest crush on Grant. So Grant, I was wondering if you have a girlfriend. Would love to connect if not, exclamation point. The last part there makes me think it's fake because who types like that? Would love to connect if not. But if it's real, I'm flattered. Uh, I do have a girlfriend, but uh, thank you for (laughs) writing this in. I'm hoping this is just a a ruse and someone's just trying to get us to read this. But um, I hope it's again, real. I 100 hope it's real. And if it's real, Grant thank might you. not have a girlfriend based on his que- answer to the last question. <laughs> yep. so, no. <laughs> so yeah, she could be out on him. No. Uh, but for if you do, you know, are this person that is a big fan, the two other people, Evan, Alex, fully on the market. So maybe um get, get in their DMs. <laughs> and then lastly. A question is from claimed fan numero uno. Um, we have a lot of those claims. I think there's who, three of them that it could be. The question goes as such. Are you guys ever going to do a Twitch stream for your episodes, either live or recorded? They could run as the R-rated versions and the pod slash YouTube versions could be subject to bleeps. Parentheses kids show might help keep the viewership up during the down times. It's a good question. It's a question I think... I've thought about it and we've discussed at some points. I mentioned it I think, on the show last week. I think we do. I, I mean, I fully go into these like towing the line of like, I don't want to say fully just like, I don't talk about like, let's just say this. I don't talk with you guys here as we do on our summer trip to daddy camp. You know, I just, that's just a different, like I'm not comfortable with that talk just being out on the internet for anyone. So I do agree. Like the, the viewership could go up if we just absolutely let it rip. But we also are on the point in our lives where we have to be conscious of what employers, what um, administrations and stuff they hear and they listen to. So that is a factor. So for that question, I would like to do more Twitch streams, like maybe for the next draft again, like we did the NFL. That was fun. We did have to check ourselves because it's live and not say anything too crazy. But as far as like the full, like raw, like let everything rip. uh, Yeah, I don't know. It that, would, that's I think if we did tough go line. live episodes, we probably would talk differently than a hundred percent, and that that might kill the uh, kill the show. We might act way too different. We might get more nervous. Yeah. I'm probably not. I'm I'm cool with. I'd be cool with doing it, but you know, I could also slip up and say something terrible. Like I'm probably sure I have, and we've had to bleep everything out. So, yeah, I don't know. And the shows would be much longer. You, you guys would be watching on this live stream for a while. <laughs> I like the idea, though. But, yeah, I mean, for those that don't know, we do, I don't know, we cut out some stuff here and there. It all depends on the episode, but we always try to keep people's identities pretty anonymous. And if we say anything really out of pocket, cut it and then, or bleep it, and at least leave it in so you get the feel of like something absurd was just said and that's why we're like laughing so it's not like an awkward transition where we just cut it to something different so that's sometimes kind of you go into show. deeper detail of our weekends but you know? It, you know what here's the thing for those people if you want the r-rated version you know if we ever get really really big and we can be make some financial moves off of this and we don't have to bank on having other forms of employment that would care if we said raunchy things on the internet then we can let it rip so technically the people have the power to take us to the yeah, moon. You to let us this. to let us say whatever we want. Share, like, subscribe, comment, rate. You got to do all that stuff for us to get big. 
Yeah, Alex, and where can they find that all at? I'm just going to let you close out the show. Ooh. I usually, I'm going to be completely honest. I You don't know by now? I zone out when you do those at the end. I start looking you don't at my know phone, the handle. try to check you up made, on whatever I missed. Shot of MS on Twitter. On everything. Shot of Michigan Sports on TikTok, but then we changed it to Shot of MS. So it's all Shot of MS on everything. And then and you we can listen. What? The um, Lions. What? The Lions. This, the Lions put like 43,000 views in the seats on TikTok this week. 48, I think. Really? Yeah. So f- fat, juicy TikTok. Big this some, week from we our do some big the, numbers on TikTok sometimes. For the Lions. A lot of debates if you want to go hop in with Lions fans. Should we trade Hawkinson or not? Was a 20 reply thread on our TikTok. <laughs> and There's now, another TikTok this weekend. It's going to be some live dances. Are yes. there? There's gonna, you're going to see a post of us <laughs> dancing live. An STR from this weekend. Oh my gosh! Uh, is that because you're deciding that because it's your birthday? Um, you know what? You know what? Get content out there. Is that what you want for your birthday? Us to do a little dance on no, our TikTok? I'm just messing with you. I'm ready. I know you would get nervous. You would get ready for us. You know. But just to clean up what Alex was going. No, off let me there. clean it up. You can listen to us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, you can go yeah. to Twitter and Instagram and TikTok for our social media clips and other um, things that Grant makes. And they're pretty cool graphics. Um, and yeah, leave a comment, rate, review. You can do that on Spotify now. So do that. Absolutely. And then, uh, yeah, keep the anonymous questions rolling in. They're pouring in. Doesn't have to so. be sports related either. Just no. say anything you want. I'd love to have our own Ryan Russell life advice segment for people that are struggling out there, you know, give them some advice that we don't really have. Yeah, I think it'd be pretty funny. All right. Well, with that, cheers to close out the one year anniversary and to um, Evan turning 25. Oh, halfway to 30, man. Alex. Happy up. birthday to uh, Evan and Wyatt. And Wyatt. Yes. He's a twin. Cheers. So we don't to guy. Cheers to Y guy being home this week from yeah. military service. We'll see him later. Oh, Thank you for coming. Sure. He, he, did, he did the classic airport eyeball emoji snap story. You got to love yeah. that. It's the a veteran move. Back. Where is he going? Check us out next week because we'll have a full live rundown of the weekend because we're all going to be together. Oh, it's going to be great. Yeah, there's cheers. Be good stuff on that. Cheers. Cheers. cheers.